Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 119, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And as always, we are bringing you interesting discussions with diverse voices. And to help us out with our discussion today are manga creators, illustrators, artists, writers, uh, Inko and Chie. Inko and Chie. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thank you for having us. Uh, always good to have you both on. It's, we, we were talking beforehand and like uh, Chie, it's been a while since you were on this way back in episode 32, which mm-hmm. seemed like, I mean, we're now in triple digits now. So that's been, that's been a long while. <laughs> so we spoke about Princess Mononoke, which I believe Inko, you were also on, but Inko has been on since then. So Inko was last on for episode 77. We spoke about Your Name, another film by the same director we are discussing today. Yeah, so we've got kind of a a thing going with discussing like high concept anime films. Um, So yeah, looking forward to this one. And for everyone listening, don't forget you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, you can send us your feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com. You can throw them at us on social media. We are at MayaMada on Twitter, at MayaMada TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. Another option is to join our Studio 77 Discord and to be part of the MayaMada universe and meet others in the community. You can also consider becoming a Studio 77 member to support the work that we do at MayaMada and get exclusive access to events and artwork as well. Speaking of some of that artwork, some of those events, uh, before we get into today's two... Bleh, Let's try that again. Before we get into today's story discussion, let's update you with the latest from the Mayamada universe. And we have a, we got a bunch of things uh, coming. We're packing as much as we can into <laughs> the remaining, was it two, three months uh, of the year. Uh, so we have conventions, we have events, we have uh, other stuff. We have convention news which is i'll be attending the moto comic con which is october the 29th and 30th so book to flight and book to table did that uh, this weekend uh, as we record uh, so i'll be bringing as much uh, of our manga and merchandise as i can fit into a suitcase uh, and the easyjet will allow me to take onto the plane and then trying to uh, sell as much to the lovely people of malta so uh, if you're listening to this and you happen to be in malta or you're planning to be in malta as well uh yeah come and say hi it's a cool convention uh, it's a nice time away i've been a couple times before so looking forward to coming back um, in less uh, sunny convention news, I'll also be attending the Thought Bubble convention in Harrogate, which is near Leeds in the north of uh, the UK, north of England. Uh, so that is on November the 12th and 13th. Uh, so again, very uh, lovely convention, very friendly team they've got there, just not as good as weather, just, just to be honest there. But uh, looking forward to that as well so i'll be bringing all the manga i can fit into the car <laughs> and drive over uh, as i do that so if you can't make either the conventions you can always check out the manga on our website including the latest which is serious through the fog and this is a story about a pandemic that was made during the pandemic so it's blake serious and his team having to get through their toughest adventure so far 
so that's the convention updates. I actually got one more, but I'll, I'll save that for just a moment. In terms of our October Studio 77 activities, we also have a bunch of things. So I will be continuing my monthly series, Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, which is a monthly chat with a different comic creator with the aim of uncovering the human behind the art form. So you can catch my conversation with colorist and illustrator Erin Angelini, which is now on Twitch VOD uh, as this episode comes out. And just make sure you follow us on uh, Twitch so you can catch the next one live uh, and some of the other stuff that we've got happening this month, like our live stream video game roundtable episode of the podcast on Thursday, the 13th of October. So every so often, we'll do a podcast episode where we bring together different people from in and around the video games industry uh, to talk about the the news and what people have been playing. Uh, And every so often within that, uh, we also do it live. So we do a live stream on Twitch. So Tazzy and I will be joined by a panel of guests to discuss the biggest gaming news or just what's taken our fancy at the time uh, and talk a bit about what everyone has been playing. Uh, So we'll be doing that live on Twitch on the 13th of October from 7pm BST. So uh, you can catch that, join in the discussion, find out what we will be talking about. I saw some news that came up just before we started recording, uh, which I think I'm going to add, have to add to those notes as well. PlayStation are doing some stuff, which I'm not sure Mm. how I feel about, but I will save that. Um, And then at the end of the month, we have our next games night, which will most likely be Knockout City, but you have to tune in to find out exactly. So that's on Thursday, the 27th of October. So we'll be playing with Studio 77 members and potentially some special guests. So I'm going to save that surprise for the the evening um, and then also tell Tazzy about it after we finish recording. Um, So you can also catch the past Games Night highlights, which we put on YouTube uh, and still working through a lot of the footage. We've got a bunch of footage. So uh, as soon as we get our editing workflow together, they'll be popping up more. But there are a few episodes on there. We've got uh, Roblox, Fortnite, Rocket League, and a lot more to come. So we've got conventions, we've got live streams. You also have physical in-person gamepad events. Uh, so we have our, actually we're returning. So this is a return to the BFI. So early in the year, we did an event for the BFI's anime season. We did a gamepad uh, event during the season where people can just come and play games. Nothing more complicated than that. In October, on the 22nd, we're bringing spooky games to the BFI for their Halloween season. So it's going to be an evening of console games, tabletop, uh, VR scares as well. And we'll also be taking over their screening room or one of their screening rooms for a game on the, a giant screen. So definitely make sure you come down for that. Uh, so there's going to be, they've got some like concessions going. So tickets are on sale now. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can also come in cosplay or costume um, as well. So definitely get creative, uh, come with your best, uh, bring your thumbs as well. You'll need those. And yeah, join the party for this Halloween season. So next month is the Gamepad Online, which we're doing live from Samsung KX. So we're bringing back the online version of the Gamepad event, which we started doing since the pandemic because, you know, everything was online. But this is going to be different. We'll be producing the live stream in studio at Samsung KX. So we're going to be working with their team using their tech, uh, their cameras, their microphones, uh, their 10 meter giant screen uh, and producing a show which will be hosted by Tazzy and you can join us. So you can be part of the studio audience 
you can also watch on Twitch, but you know, you want to be there if you can. So you can be part of the studio audience for this gamepad online. You can cheer on the teams that are taking part in the gamepad esports tournament uh, as they play Overcooked, Mario Strikers, and Knockout City. And you can get your chance to put questions to our games industry guests who I will be interviewing. So tickets are available now at gamepad.events. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, We have limited seating. So if you do plan on coming in person, make sure you get your tickets quick, show up on time, uh, and we will, yeah, we'll we'll sort you out with a a seat. Um, But yeah, seats will be limited. So make sure you are quick. And last but not least, we are running the next Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign event. So this is our diversity and inclusion campaign that we started earlier in the year. We've done a bunch of events. Um, We have uh, done some live streams as well. Uh, We started with our photo campaign that featured the 40 players and makers to showcase diversity in video games. And we have one more event for the year. So on Wednesday, the 26th of October, we will be at Gravity in Wandsworth. So this will be for a game careers event that's focused on parents and educators, young people, aspiring Uh, games professionals the idea is if you are someone that's supporting uh, a young person in particular who wants to get into games and you know wants to find out like know more yourself come down learn about the games industry from from people who are in the games industry and understand how it works as a as a career path Um, so we'll be having some quick fire panels then also playing games because gravity if you've not been before there's a bunch of stuff. One of those things in there is an esports arena. Uh, so after that, we're going to be playing some Knockout City with the yeah with the attendees. So if you aren't able to attend, uh, we're going to work out how to stream uh, on Twitch as well, so you can catch at least a discussion part. Um, but either way, you can catch that from 11 a.m. Uh, BST, and the full details are on the Eventbrite page now, which we'll put in the show notes, or you can also go to looklikeagamer.com. It's a free event and it's free because we are sponsored by Rocksteady Studios and Splash Damage. So their support means that we can put on these free events as part of the campaign that people can attend. So we have many options and I'll drop the bonus one, which is we're also just got this confirmed uh, like a couple of days ago, doing a panel at the London Comic-Con, which is at the end of the month. So while I'll be in Malta, Tazzy will be in London, well, remaining in London, uh, doing a panel, busting some myths around gender in video games. We'll have more details on that. Stick to our socials. We'll be dropping the information there. We have a bunch of things. We're packing everything. We're packing like a year of things into two months. I don't know what's wrong with us, but that's all we've got from the Miami universe. I say it all. That's actually a lie, but that's all I'm going to say for now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now you're all caught up with what's happening at Miami. Let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how we're actually fitting all of that yeah, in. Yeah, I don't but, know. It's um... like when you say it, oh, it's like, what, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, somehow we'll, we will. But before that, we have to worry about that. Uh, we've got the rest of this episode. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> let's just start there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to have a spoiler-free discussion about what stories everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. And we will start with our guests. So, Inko, would you like to go first? Recently I've been yeah, watching Bradlands on the BBC. Now I think starting second season, and in, I was 
been watching so far of the episode two, and episode three is just out yesterday, I think, uh, which I haven't watched yet. And then that's uh, uh, Crime Suspense, which is set in uh, Northern Ireland. I didn't expect that I would enjoy it that much, but now I started watching, I can't really stop. But it's just so exciting, so many twists and uh, um, hidden hints. And then it's just uh, such a well-made uh, soap opera and then I really want to go back on the season one and watch from the season one episode one again that's a, such a uh, exciting series as it started and I don't know where the story gonna go from now because I there are so many things and unexpected happening so it's such a one brilliant entertainment on a Sunday night I think that's a yeah mm-hmm. that's a particular thing that I watch at the moment okay mm, sounds very interesting yeah, BBC do some good crime dramas. Have you seen Luther? I haven't. Or oh, has anyone seen no. Luther? Okay, I that's a really know. good one. Oh, <laughs> Highly recommend yeah. that. All right. Oh. Chai, do you wanna do you wanna let us know what you've been? Yeah. Well, the thing is I have been quite busy, so I kind of had a rest things to lead or watch at the moment, but as I might mention in the, my first episode up here, but I'm, I've, I'm still reading and I'm still a big fan of the manga series called Delicious in Dungeon, uh, which is kind of the setting is like Dungeons and Dragons. And then our protagonist is leading a party to explore like very uh, big dungeons and then as they face the, a lot of problems they get poor so usually you have to prepare you, their food and everything before going into the dungeon but our protagonist decided we you know, they don't have a, enough money to do that so they decided to hunt creatures inside of the dungeon and cook to eat so every episode you get you know there is a big story and also each episode has a little kind of side stories and also recipe for different creatures like mandrake omelette or something like that and then i love this story because of the lovely mixture of classic dungeons and dragons theme with you know cooking and the gourmet things (laughs) and also it's a really good example of really modern manga because which is created by female artists, but it looks really kind of hybrid, non-gender, everyone can enjoy kind of story. And why I'm so excited about it is because it's going to be an anime series. So I'm really, really looking forward to watch this manga as animation. I think it will be out this autumn, so it should be soon. Yeah, that's what I'm being enjoying. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to uh, jump on that anime when it comes out as a yeah, please do because uh, oh, I do love food and I love like fantasy dungeon <laughs> anime. So <laughs> this is like a, an amazing combo. <laughs> it reminds me of um, there was actually a the show on Netflix, Dragon Drifters. Oh. You think it's a show about dragons? It's actually a show about cooking. Oh wow! <laughs> they cook so much in it that you're like, <laughs> are you sure the plot is about the dragons here? Oh um, right, <laughs> I would check it out. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely sounds cool. I'm gonna like give a list of things. 
Yeah, because I feel like I'm just still continuing things from other episodes um, mm-hmm. rather than new things. But I just want to, this is how I, this is how I'm like consuming stories at the moment. So I'm still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm still watching She-Hulk. Um, I've got one more episode of that to watch because um, the final one came out. What do you think of that? I have like, I think it's a really, I really enjoy it as like a light comedy it's definitely like sitcom-y. It's there with like, I could definitely rewatch it the same way I'd sort of like rewatch New Girl or Friends or... Ah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, 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 it's true. Like, it's a sitcom. It just happens to be that there's superpowers involved in it. <laughs> like, and I really enjoy it because I love a good sitcom, so... Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to it being built on. I need to... There's something I wanted to say on it, but I don't know where to put yeah. my thoughts. I might save it for the end. I also... So the, I just watched the second to last episode of this season and um, it was such a great episode. I feel like this is, in fact, I said it was a, I said like New Girl, but there's actually a show that I watched that I really enjoyed. And this is probably more in that vein. And I can't even remember the name of the show. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a proper like girl boss sitcom. That's what I'll say. It is mm-hmm. like, there's so many experiences in it that, as a woman, you're just like, yeah, man, I've been through that. But with superheroism in it, like superpowers being present, um, and I feel like it like highlights a lot of just issues that women have to face, but also just like those little things that are just relatable, just so relatable. And I really love, I, I can't remember her name, but um, Jen's assistant. Oh, her friend. Yeah, her friend and assistant. Oh, I just love her and her in the second to last episode. Oh my God, she's just like, boss. What a boss. <laughs> oh my God. I want to go into it because it's so hard to talk about without spoilers. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Yeah, that's what I feel about, about She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I obviously have been continuing watching One Piece. We all know about that. I'm slowly working my way through it, never to catch up, always forever miles behind. <laughs> so yeah uh, though it is easy to watch like a lot of episodes because i normally watch it while i'm like doing other stuff and while i'm busy so i feel like if i commit enough maybe i need to do more sewing because it's a great one to watch while sewing then i can maybe like at least see catching up in the side <laughs> <In> your lifetime <laughs> in the, yeah <laughs> on the horizon somewhere um but yeah i think as it goes on i just like love it more and more and realize why people enjoy this show so much okay. you're really making me want to try and get to watch this but i've been in a, a bunch of workshops recently and there have been a few kids that have mentioned one piece and i the first question i was asked them was like are you up to date uh, and these kids, uh, I mean, they got time, so they confidently say, yeah, I'm up to date. I'm like, I still don't understand you? how they're up to date because, like, the where where they were born in, in yeah, one piece's lifetime. Like, you're, seven, you're like 17. How, are you, how, how have you wow. had time? Like, how have you had lifetime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this anime has been going for, like, so long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when was it originally aired? I need to look this up, sorry. Like... 1999 they weren't even born <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's quite sobering actually yeah it's scary but that's true anyway <laughs> so yeah i'm uh getting through that i don't know what episode i'm on i'm somewhere in the um 
wide world of uh, One Piece. And then I like had a real weird throwback thing the other week where I ended up starting to watch Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. Oh. <laughs> AKA the uh, Heisenberg origin story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like comedy gold and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah. Which, amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Oh, wait, Sabrina really... the Teenage Witch, the original? The the original live action, yeah. Oh, wow. That, that is a throwback. Not not Ned the Fierce one. No, no, no. Not not the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I mean, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, right. It's set like a 90s high school with a... Melissa John Hart. Yeah. The cat, like, because they use an animatronic cat and a real cat. And honestly, I, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel fake, even though it's like obviously, the cat's obviously fake. I just don't, it doesn't feel fake. There's so much character to it. <laughs> and yeah, it got me thinking like, do young people have a sitcom? A teenage sitcom experience the same way they just don't they just will never experience a classic sitcom <laughs> the way that everyone else has and i genuinely feel sorry for the generation that's grown up with live streaming because <laughs> you could put these on you don't have to watch them in order it, you would just come home and stick one of these on and enjoy it <laughs> just brilliant the storylines are brilliant and then continuing the witchy theme, I've been listening to an audiobook while I'm running called The Lighthouse Witches. I just like, I'm, I'm really into like mystery and magic at the moment. So yeah, it's like a mystery witch story, I guess, set in, uh, set in the UK. The mystery happens in Scotland and the, but the characters are originally from, oh, I can't even remember where. It's like Sheffield? Is it Sheffield? I don't know. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, yeah. Um, <laughs> which it's, it's quite, it's very intriguing. I'm so intrigued. Like, basically, this family goes missing, except for the youngest daughter. And then you have like a time, so you have like a time hop. So you're with the family and then the time hops to the youngest daughter being like old enough. She's like in her 20s, I think, and she's pregnant. And... She's spent all this time, like, she's in therapy because, like, her mom abandoned her. Well, that's the story that she's been told. She has no memory of the time period that the rest of her family went missing. She's got, like, Facebook profiles for them and still holds some hope that her sisters are alive. Even though everyone's like, no, it's been way too long, they're going to be dead. And then, I'm so early on in the book, and then there's just, like, a massive twist full-on twist and i just cannot wait oh. to uncover <laughs> the secrets of this story it's quite modern so they reference putting on masks in the hospital so oh wait just generally in the hospital not a pandemic thing no but i feel like you didn't really just put on a mask if you was walking into a hospital pre-pandemic mm. like you would if you're going into a certain ward but this is like yeah, yeah. walking into the yeah so it's very modern. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that going in. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, this was re written very recently then. Or at least finished recently enough to have added that bit. 
And then I think I've mentioned this before, but I've been continuing to read Which Way to Hollows Bay, which is the second in a series of which books that I have previously mentioned. So still into that. I'm just digging the whole like witchy mystery. Yeah, you definitely got a vibe <laughs> going great. on. So any anyone wants to like add on to that vibe and has any recommendations, you know how you know where to reach me at Tazzy on all of the <laughs> socials. Very much here for those recommendations. Give me <laughs> witchy vibes. <laughs> uh, so after my like growl of things, <laughs> Nigel. Um, so I cannot follow that in terms of quantity or witch content. So it's a bit of a uh, downward spiral from here, but got a few things. One is Stray. So a little internal promotion because we are going to be doing uh, a story club on Stray. So I've started playing it, giving myself enough time because uh, I'm me. So this is a game you play as a cat. I feel mm. that's all you need to know about this game. Find a link to witchiness. Yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> I lied. Uh, yeah, maybe that's a mystery. There's a there's a mystery going on. Maybe trying to a cat trying to get back to its uh, witchy owner. Uh, we'll see. Tune in to uh, the Story Club. So yeah, it's a game on the PlayStation, and you play as a cat. There's some kind of mystery going on, and you're navigating the world as a cat. And it's it sounds obvious, but it feels like you're a cat. You know, sometimes you get games where your character model doesn't necessarily map to the animation. It's just a model. Mm-hmm. This feels like a cat, like the where you're, like your view, really? wow. you're, you're like on the ground. You the animation kind of just it feels like light as you jump to thing. It you wow. just feel like a cat. It also feels like a game, and I'm very early. I'm probably like an hour or so in. Uh, it feels like a game that I needed to play right now because it's. I feel I I can't recall another game. Uh, not to say that I played a bunch of games, but I can't remember a game I've played recently where I feel relaxed playing it. Oh. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what uh, you think, Tazzy. And yeah, it just it just feels it just feels relaxing just playing it. So quite enjoying mm-hmm. that. Also, and there's, there's comment, a... you said you're just a small amount in, but you're one hour in. It's a four hour long game. You're a quarter of the way through. <laughs> oh really? Oh okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, that's what yes. I've heard. Is that it takes four hours to complete? So. Oh, oh, I like I like that. So yeah, there we go. Um, I think I'm about an hour. But yeah, enjoying that. Over in Comics Land, I've started reading chapter two of a comic on Image Comics called Isola or Isola, which I've mentioned earlier because I started volume one. Really got into this. It's about two main characters. One is a Captain Rook and Queen Olwyn who has been cursed and is now in the form of a magical blue tiger thing. So the story is about them trying to get to this place called Isola, which I think from what I'm getting is, has whatever they need to return the queen to her original form. So it's a journey between these two uh, characters. And when I started reading it, I was a little, not necessarily off put, but, it was. It took some time to get into, not because of it's bad at all. It's it's really really good uh, story told really well, and the pacing is great. But it's it sets place. It takes place in a in a sort of totally made up world. So there's a whole bunch of world building. But what it does really well is it doesn't it doesn't tell you anything. This is not like a Star Wars opening crawl. Like you know, this is the land and this is the queen and this is what happened. It just they're just in in the world. So they're talking about things, and you're like, I don't know what that is the more you read it the more it's like okay so this is 
this refers to this land, this refers to those people over there. And it just like naturally organically unfolds as they go on this journey. Um, so I quite like that. It, it obviously mm-hmm. takes some getting used to as you first enter the world. Mm-hmm. But um, I like it when it's there. And yeah, so volume two, they're on this journey. And from what I can tell, because I'm quite early in the story, it's going to be about how their relationship develops or or maybe not without saying too much, but uh, there may be some issues uh, there, some external things that are uh, causing some problems. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's really well written, drawn, paced. It's, yeah, just uh, really enjoying this story and surprising because I just picked up in a comic book shop among other ones because I was trying to get some things for like workshops so I can bring comics to workshops. So I was like, let me, let me read. Obviously, I've got to read these things as well. And yeah, really enjoying this. So, and then the last thing I will mention is I finished Odd Taxi. Oh, yay! Uh, has everyone seen this? I know Tazzy's watched this. Okay. So every year we do a best of, me and Tazzy go through our top stories and uh, special mentions. I go go through my top stories in specific (laughs) order. uh, (laughs) And then I force Tazzy to do some version of that, which just ends up being any stories in any order. Um, (laughs) So my point is, this is going in there somewhere. I don't know know where, but this is not at all what I thought it was. And this is an amazing... Oh, I just want to pick your brain on what you thought about it. I feel like after the episode we might have to go okay. into spoilers and have a full-on yeah <laughs> maybe we need an episode on it like i love we might do so like tazzy and i've been thinking about doing like sort of special episodes around specific series yeah you can there's a lot there's a lot in here like i will say it's this is like a almost perfectly crafted thing. like there's no waste like everything means something every character means something everything links to everything else and it just oh. unfolds it just unfolds when it's supposed to unfold so you just got our you know it's kind of like the opposite of what tazzy was saying about like shows like sabrina the teenage witch and things where you can just jump in in mm. any episode no this is start with one then go to two <laughs> and then and three and it all it all pieces together yeah it's, it's so well done collecting all the puzzle pieces to yeah. like oh, see the full picture yeah. at the end yeah i've heard all the good thing about this anime yeah. so yeah, they're all true. They, How they did you lying. feel about the way it ended? Yeah, I t- and the ending. I t- <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, no, I was, this is this is the non-spoilers. It's the non-spoilers, but I will say this. I had to, yeah, I just had to. I mean, I was already sitting down, but if I wasn't already sitting down, I would have taken a seat and just like and just taken a breath because like that was that was a. Uh, yeah, that was a lot to take. Like how how it ended oh. just it really made you think. Like oh, and it's quite. It's quite. Oh, uh, yeah. We need to move on because otherwise. <laughs> pay, pay off. Okay. One last question. Pay off on a scale scale of um, zero to great pretender. <laughs> where is, where is, Ooh, it is is hitting it. Like I feel great pretender is like the the gold standard of of payoffs in in terms of like because um, this wasn't so much of a well, it was a, a surprise. It was just it was it, it's up there. It's up there. I'll say is yeah. <laughs> it's like a well worth getting to the end. And seeing the whole story, oh! So we might have to go back and do <laughs> do a spoiler discussion on that. Um, so yeah, those are. Uh, I feel we gave people a lot uh, this week. Those are a lot of the stories that we've been enjoying. Uh, now we can get to our main story discussion. Today we are going to be talking about Weathering with You, the 2019 romantic fantasy anime 
written and directed by Makoto Shinkai. Spoiler alert, we're now going to get into the spoiler portion of the podcast. I will do a recap of the story, but first, let's get everyone's quick take and general impressions uh, of this anime. So, uh, start with Chie. What did you think of this film? I was... I enjoyed more than I expected. And then it was just, you know beautifully beautifully done animation wise you know it's a really beautiful piece of work you know it's it's always beautifully done the animations that is my kind of you know very short impression about that that feel you know this is the kind of general things i want to say okay have you seen your name yeah i have all right cool um inko what about you i got really similar impression which is that this film is a such an eye candy, and you can feel anti-gravity of the, like a whole freedom you know, floating around the sky kind of thing. It's really feel like you know releasing the whole of the gravity of yourself, and then such a refreshing sight so you can see. That's a um, yeah, I can use the word. It's refreshing when you see it. It's, that's the impression I got, and mm. uh, yeah, that's that's a whole overall impression I got from the film. Mm. Okay. And Tazzy, what did you think about this? Um, yeah, I feel like... <laughs> let, me, let me add something else, because <laughs> it is clearly yeah. beautiful. Um, I feel like this is one that I'd want to add to my Blu-ray collection. I feel like it just has such a beautiful storyline. And obviously it just looks stunning. And it just moved me in a way that... In a different way that I haven't sort of been moved by an anime for an anime mm. film for a while it has like a certain flow to the storytelling that just goes so well with the animation like your name was really moving and like brought me to tears mm. um, <laughs> and obviously it was like this back and forth quite like jumpy thing and this has a lot of excitement but it kind of moves the the story flows like a river that's what i'll say mm. you've got like rambly bit as in like flowing rambles not people talking rambles <laughs> <laughs> to be fair um you've got like the sort of like smoother current ones i don't know like you've got the rapid bits i don't know there's something about it that it flows like a river mm. that's mm. very poetic storytelling <laughs> it took me on a nice journey hopefully our conversation can flow like this river it sounds <laughs> sounds nice um i by the way is this everyone's first time watching it yeah yes okay me too well i saw the first like i saw the opening scene when we done our previous event at the bfi oh yeah because you were hosting right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so i sat down and watched like the first opening scene and i am gutted that i did not get to see the whole of this film on the IMAX mm. Oh. Mm. and instead watched it on my terrible TV at home <laughs> oh it would be really nice to watch it yes, in a big screen isn't big it screen. Yeah. yeah so I also uh, first time uh, watch it was, it's not a surprise for me because that's like I feel 50% of the films we, we watch here is the first time I'm seeing them but I, I agree with what's been said like these ones are difficult and Phil because we did your name before 
and after watching that because you know we do the podcast and we we talk and we you do deep dive and we have to analyze things and like pick things apart and we're going to do that but mm-hmm. part of me almost feels like it's it's just love it's just about love isn't it it's like what more <laughs> what more i feel like just just leave it at that like i don't even want to like critique anything it's just like it is it is what it is and it's uh no it's a really good really good story is we'll we'll bring up because i asked about your name obviously you know not to do a direct comparison but same director there's similarities so we're interested to see what people think about the sort of some comparisons there i thought the yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just going to do a recap and we'll we'll get into this. It, it's, a, it's a very beautiful film and yeah, you can't be against love. So I'll do a recap and then we can get into the, the picking apart and the, uh, and the debating. This is a story that takes us to June 2021 and Hidaka Murashima, who runs away to Tokyo to get away from his troubled home life. When his ferry is hit by a rainstorm, he is saved by a man called Suga. As Hadaka struggles to find work in Tokyo, he finds himself in a McDonald's restaurant, uh, which many of us late at night have uh, have been, where an employee, Hina, gives him food out of pity. While sleeping on the streets, Hadaka finds an abandoned handgun. Suga later hires Hadaka at a small occult magazine publishing company, investigating urban legends related to the unusually rainy weather in Tokyo, including the legend of a sunshine girl who can control the weather. Hodaka sees Hina being intimidated into working at a club. He scares off the club owners by firing his gun and Hina takes him to an abandoned building with a shrine on the roof to hide. There she demonstrates her ability to clear the sky by praying. Hina lives alone with her brother Nagi and Hodaka proposes starting a business clearing the weather for events like weddings and parties. Their business becomes a success, but when Hina is shown on television, their site gets flooded with requests, so they decide to shut it down. Meanwhile, the police search for Hadaka after his family file a missing persons report. They arrive at Hina's apartment and interrogate her. Suga, having also been visited by the police, fires Hadaka, explaining that the police expect him of kidnapping Hadaka. So Hadaka, Hina, and Nagi try to run away, but are hampered by worsening weather. They manage to find a quite fancy hotel to hide out in, where Hina reveals that her body is slowly turning into water the more that she uses her power. She is the cause of the abnormal weather and is destined to be a human sacrifice. Her disappearance will return the weather to normal. The next morning, Hina vanishes and the rain stops. The police eventually track down Hodaka to the hotel and take him to the police station. Hodaka decides to bring Hina back to Earth and escapes with the help of Natsumi. The police surround Hodaka, but Suga also helps him escape. At the rooftop shrine, Hodaka jumps through the shrine shrine gate and is transported into the sky where he finds Hina, insisting that she let go of her worries about weather and start living for herself. As soon as they both come back, they are all arrested and heavy rain resumes. Hodaka is sentenced to a three-year probation and sent back home. Three years later, the rain is still falling in a now submerged Tokyo. Having finished his probation, Hodaka returns to Tokyo to start college. He meets Suga, who has expanded his business. Hodaka finds Hina praying on a street overlooking the drowned city, and they reunite. The end. So... This is, like I said, we did uh, an episode on Your Name, which is episode 77 for people who want to see that discussion we had with Inko. We are now looking at another film from this uh, 
talented director, uh, Makoto Shinkai. And just to give rollout some accolades, this is a film like coming off the back of Your Name, which like broke box office records for anime when it came out in 2017. Uh, this particular film won uh, a number of awards. It was included, including being selected uh, as a Japanese entry for Best International Feature at the 92nd Academy Awards and received four Annie Award nominations, that's specifically for animation, uh, which tied Spirited Away and Millennium Actress in 2001, uh, and I think is only now second to Belle, which is another anime that we did on the podcast. So I, I kept bringing up your name, just obviously same director, and if everyone's also seen your name, I've seen, as well as you know heaps of praise on this film, uh, some criticism of its similarities to your name. I wondered what everyone thinks where the comparisons or the, the similarities are, or if you you agree or disagree, that is maybe too similar in in style, in in tone to your name. <laughs> I strongly disagree that it's too similar because it. I mean, it is you know overriding it's, theme of love, uh, teenage yeah. romance as well, but so it's a different narrative. It's a different story. I feel like that's a very unfair criticism. <laughs> Especially <laughs> in a day and age when there are shows and films that are quite literally the same storyline <laughs> with very, other than like name changes and slight place changes, that it's the same. Yeah, there are similarities, but it's, it's by the same director and it's yeah. about love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you want to? <laughs> I think in a in a good way and also some bad ways. Shinkai is a director who knows what he loves, so that makes might makes his films look not look similar, but that's, you know the aspect of he want to use is similar because he loves that you know things for example like sky or you know that kind of disaster and teenage early stage love and then but you know that kind of passion especially if you can have when you're young you know that kind of thing he he i think he's so you know he knows it what he loves and then he in a way it's it's kind of brave he not he's not changing it for every film he just keep on looking like for, refining yeah that's kind of thing that's maybe it works well as well as it for some people it looks similar they are they, they look similar that's what i thought i find it it's similar but it's not you know it's also i found that that is a reason why it looks similar so i just cannot say hey it's similar so it's not good you know it's not that kind of simple Thing, I think. Like uh, Passo, the very specific aesthetic uh, he is pursuing. So, probably looks similar some of the scenes because the future is similar setting as well in the Shinjuku area or, or uh, particular stations oh, yeah. or, or trains. You see the same place in uh, your name, but storylines not different, especially the character like Suga doesn't exist in your name. So, it's really like completely different mm. yeah, story, I think. And he do, certainly does have a particular style. Um, it's very contemporary as well. It's like obviously modern day Japan and also like real brands in there. So I mentioned mm. McDonald's, but uh, mm. there's others. Even when people are using their phones, I think there's, it just it just feels very 
yeah, very now. Mm. And that seems to be his, his thing. And it's interesting, the other like commentary, I wanted to get all like the, the sort of commentary about it uh, out of the way first. But the other thing I, I kept saying, I think I mentioned this when we did your name, is that people refer to him as the next Miyazaki, which I don't agree with at all. Because they're not, <laughs> it's not the same. I don't agree with them. <laughs> I just genuinely don't agree with the sentiment of someone being the next yeah, whoever yeah, yeah. rather than the first of who they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's that. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, they're both Japanese creators and it's quite fanciful things in the same, but it just doesn't, the feel is like just completely yeah. different between the two. Uh, never quite understood that. Other than, you know, you know, hey, they're both Japanese. Um, so that's, that's close enough. But um, so uh, there's that. The other thing, which is which I saw as I was putting together the notes and I felt a bit as I was watching it or at least questioned is whether this film uh whether um whether this film <laughs> is um an allegory for climate change which is another thing I I personally didn't agree but I wonder what everyone else thought so I like I said I, as I was putting the notes together I saw a lot of statements saying this is about yeah climate change like clearly and uh, he's he's and uh, Shinkai is, is saying things about it so he actually put together an essay which i've linked to in the show notes explaining why it is really about at least about fighting climate change so it's a whole essay but i'll just pick out a quote which i thought was quite interesting so because he's almost saying like this is a film about young people making a choice for themselves rather than cleaning up the mess of a previous generation so he says the climate is going haywire, the world is drifting towards exclusionism, and the internet that was supposed to liberate us has become a device for shaming and idiocy, while the ground of Japan is shaking. And as far as I can see, speaking as a middle-aged man, this is what we chose for ourselves. So for me, and again, interesting to see what everyone else thinks, if it is saying anything about climate change, it's saying, forget it, and just <laughs> and just live your life. But I don't know if, if anyone else thought picked up any climate change message and, and what you felt about that statement? I think it's inspired by climate change, not a commentary on climate change. That's just how I see. I can see how someone would like tie them two together, but to me, it just doesn't feel like this film is commenting on climate change, rather that it's taken inspiration from it, if that makes sense. The film story looks more personal story rather than that. Yeah. It's about love. Like, this story is through and through about love. There is. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's... <laughs> there is no <laughs> other theme. <laughs> it's love. <laughs> Everything else is just coincidental. You can use as a metaphor of the some big scale thing you can't control. Yeah. It's like in front of our nature. We are so small that we feel powerless sometimes. I think that using weather, using climate is just a metaphor of the things we can't control. Yeah, the situation and everything, especially for young people in Japan, like they have a, they feel they cannot escape from the reality. And then, yeah, that kind of thing. And also as a creator, I think Shinkai wanted to draw water drop, you know, raindrops and then that kind of, that beautiful, beautiful thing, because I really, really, I don't know if you remember that there was, was a scene in a big, quite uh, luxurious mansion. There's a young kid looking from the window, that raining, and the mom is cooking. Do you remember that thing? Yeah. That was beautifully, beautifully done. So as an artist, I think it might be fascinating to draw those, you know, 
create those all laning things. Mm. So I think it's a metaphor and it's be- you know great to draw. And then also I think the theme of the film is love and also it's, you know released from the stri- restriction in a way. Well, I will yeah. talk about it later. <laughs> it's interesting that you what you say about the like water. Mm. and like wanting to draw water because I think I have to agree and like because how else would you be able to be like how can I draw loads of water in a modern Japan (laughs) I know it's gonna rain loads (laughs) we're gonna Mm. base the story around it raining all the time like (laughs) I don't yeah I just really don't think that the thought was I want to make a story about climate Mm. (laughs) climate change I don't I feel like that's just coincidence more Mm. than anything because you could swap any disaster i felt in for this and the yeah the story would be roughly the same Mm. yeah so as i was reading i was like i didn't really i mean i can kind of see how you could combine it too but i felt there's more people wanting there to be a link rather than there being it and you know he says it himself that's that's the other thing so yeah and it's not the first time that in animation that like a lot of water <laughs> is, is shown. Like, water just yeah. looks really nice. Animated. <laughs> His previous, uh, the two previous films, is just amazing with the rainy scene as well. He loves the beauty of the rainy day, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. And then, the, especially the cities like Tokyo, if you see Tokyo in sunny days and then rainy days, it's changed the city scenery changed completely maybe oh yeah that's another reason i've experienced that personally I was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rained out one day like completely rained out mm. uh, and then it was sunny the mm. next so it was in uh yeah rainy tokyo and sunny kyoto <laughs> good times <laughs> all right so yeah i wanted to get so those two points uh out of the way first and yeah we can talk about the the story itself so in terms of like uh the narratives it's it's one of those things where I, I like talking about anime because it's like Japanese storytelling, mm. like there's, there's differences to Western storytelling. Uh, and one of the things for this film is, I I don't know if I got the exact timing, but I think it's about 40 minutes to get to, at least what I felt was like a, the clear conflict, or at least like this, uh, a statement of the, of the conflict when we learn that there's a price to pay for Hina's ability to impact the weather. Mm. And up until then, you kind of... It's sort of this like this subtle, sort of whimsical world building to understand like how Hina's powers work. See how Hodaka is trying to survive. How well, actually, other it's not just him, but other characters as well are uh, trying to survive. And it's like this slow build up, which you don't you get more. I find you get more in anime films than you mm. might do in Western animation. Like Western animation, and I'm I'm generalizing to make the point, but like within I don't know, within 20 minutes, certainly you've kind of established like this is the main character. This is what they want. This is what's in their way. And now we're gonna now we're gonna go. And it's not to say one's better than the other. It's just interesting to see the difference. But this is a lot just slower. It's not as urgent mm-hmm. until it gets very urgent <laughs> towards the end. Mm. I don't know if anyone else felt that. Yeah, I mean that just reminded me of one thing that I was thinking when I was watching it. I kept forgetting that I was watching a film because there were certain stages, especially with the music, where it sounded like an episode was ending or an episode was beginning. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it did that purposely. There, there were certain like blackout, um, not scenes, but transitions was like mm-hmm. almost like a book, like we're closing this chapter and then we're starting the next. And it was like, I was like, oh yeah, like getting ready to click next episode. I was like, no, wait, I'm watching a film. <laughs> like it probably tripped me out. I was like, that's weird. And it did, yeah, like generally, because like generally when you're watching an anime series, it can take a few episodes before you actually know the conflict in the world. Yeah. It was so sad with the, uh, yeah. the protagonist is just drifting and we don't know what's the background at all. And it just they meet, but we don't know. Yeah, around the 40 minutes, we don't know how, where they're going, what's their purpose, you know, what they want. Really difficult to know. Well, you kind of, you know, you don't know why, but you That's know right. what yeah, he wants yeah. to it's get away from, from home. We just don't know why. You don't know what that is. You don't know yeah. if it's like in his head or if there's actually something. Yeah, it's true. And it's yeah. quite nice because you're, for, the, for that like first 40 minutes, you're kind of just, you've got a sense of just living in the now. You're just, yeah, it's just in the moment. You're just watching like these like beautiful connections happen and you're just there for the journey. And then, yeah, you sort of like made aware that there is a conflict. Like I could have quite happily watched the film and it just continued (laughs) on this like, yeah, this lives. And I would have been like, oh yeah, that was lovely. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was what, because I feel like sometimes a film might do that or a story might do that and it's boring. Like. It's just boring, like, what is the point? But this done it in such a way that it was like, I'm enjoying this journey. And I think it's because it kind of spoon, like tiny teaspoon, Mm -hmm. spoon feed you, um, like hints of everyone's past and what's led them to their to their current situation where they've all kind yeah, of met. There's so many, so much space that you probably have to guess what happened because he appears, uh, his face with injury and then must he must have fought with his father or what happened to him before he yeah, yeah. got out from his like small island. And, uh, and we have to guess quite a lot of things because there's something untold a lot. Yeah. And like he has money. But he still needs to get, like, he needs to get, he's, it's obviously running out, but mm. he has enough to get him started in Tokyo. So. And so, yeah, you get that feeling of, like, being in this world, like you say, Tazzy, and, and just like, um, <laughs> hey, I'm just here. I'm just, just observing. But then you get the little bits of, yeah. I guess, conflicts, like, just issues in, in, in characters. So you get that. Um, and then you get what is, I guess, the, like, inciting incident. So, like, as you're putting together a story, you have this this moment that kind of sets the main story off and it's always a a point of no returns like something mm. you can't come back from so i don't know like the matrix you know when neo discovers you know matrix red bill red pill blue pill can't come back from that like once you know you can't come back and in this film i feel it's the moment he fires the gun and mm. i didn't quite is it and it'd be interesting to like inco cheer because you are actually Japanese and then you sort of understand the significance of this mm-hmm. so me you know so western and particularly a lot of American culture sort of mm-hmm. filtered in it was odd like the significance of that didn't quite come through because it it's going to sound weird to say it's <laughs> right. it felt normal <laughs> um, so, oh yeah a character firing a gun that's okay that's cool I've seen it before but obviously in, in Japan that's like a that's a big thing like to for him to have a gun to actually yeah. fire it. because like, what i couldn't quite understand is 
and again this sounds weird is, is why because they seem to make mm-hmm. a big deal of there being a gun but again you know i've got <laughs> enough uh, american news like you know, filtered in my brain that this is just a thing people do yeah but this is a big thing right very so uh, to be really, really honest i think the gun is a little bit way too much because okay. for us it for not for us for me as a japanese it's less realistic in a way so less realistic for a character to actually have and fire a gun exactly right i mean that that boy is a very good boy who is wondering you know he he even refused to drink alcohol because he's oh yeah young <laughs> you know he's he, so his mannerism shows he's kind of he might he might be really frustrated you know he might have some conflict family or anything he might feel trapped anything but i just couldn't follow that jump mm. you know from holding gun and don't get too afraid you know and then he didn't get little bit and then he actually fired it there was a big huge jump and which i couldn't quite i don't know get along with that jump that. but yeah yeah that's my opinion so it can be but it's the, the gun obviously can be kind of the again metaphor of big violation of something yeah that's what i thought it's interesting nigel that you're like oh yeah pretty normal you're the only one nigel that thought that that's like, <laughs> <laughs> Like it just it, for me, it felt very kind of like kid adulthood vibe because okay. this kid's mm. this kid's currently mm. on the run. He's technically homeless. He finds a gun that's clearly been left by some kind of criminal, and he's lost, confused, afraid, and very much passionately in love. Even though he doesn't quite realize it yet, but I feel like he's already fallen by that point. Mm. <laughs> I love will drive someone to do some crazy things. Yeah, I mean, she gave him free food. Like, that will yeah, yeah, do it. He keeps saying that Tokyo is scary. And in the, I thought that maybe he's just meant to yeah. protect himself with a gun. And uh, every time a gun comes out, it's just... Maybe. But if you, I just thought if you feel Tokyo is that scary, I wouldn't touch that gun. Mm. You know, it's just, uh, so it's, that's un- very, very... Unusual, but it's, you know, you have to dramatize, you know, that you know, make it dramatic in some way. So I, I just, um, you know, as a creator, I understand why the gun thing is introduced. Maybe not in obviously, I don't know. I'm in Japan, I've never even been, so I don't know. But definitely in in the UK, mm-hmm. not so much like realistic stories, and yeah, it happens all the time. But realistic stories, and it has happened yeah. at some point. Like it is a story that could, ha- like I've I've heard that story from someone who it's happened to, where they've found a firearm mm. and kept it because they're scared or confused, and then uh, not fired it, but <laughs> thrown it away eventually. But like they've been in that situation where they're like, especially for like a young guy. And I feel like the it sh- it doesn't really show it much, but the scene where he gets slapped by the club owner 
Yeah, just before which he finds the gun. Which is where he finds it, yeah. yeah. Which I feel like was like that connection of like, wow, like, cl- like clearly he knew that mm-hmm. there was like criminal activities going on. And that is scared. But also there was a comment that was a good luck charm because he finds the gun, then he gets food and then he gets a job. Oh yeah, he said that, yeah. <laughs> and, he thought, so, uh, and he also thought it was a toy. Yeah, or at least that's he what he said. It, he thought it was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it obviously wasn't a toy. It a toy, was wrapped yeah. In yeah. Bag. <laughs> it was clearly hidden in the bin. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what he said. Maybe it's for Christmas. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I just thought it was yeah. I, I, maybe normal was not the right word, but it's, it was both like unexpected, but also it stood out. In anyway, um, it was just weird. It was just weird for it me. Was it weird, felt like yeah. yeah. So, um, but he had it because you know he's in he's in Tokyo. He's trying to make his way. And he does mention like feeling trapped where he was and Tokyo gives him that sense of freedom. So that scene with uh, with the gun is when he's trying to save Hina, who he feels is being made to do something that she didn't want to do, although she was, because he's got her own money problems. I feel, feel that's what led her in that direction. And yeah, that's when they meet. And, you know, she <laughs> she criticizes him for having a gun and says, you know, that's a stupid thing to do. And then they discover that she is a sunshine girl. So by that point, I feel Hodaka had been working for the magazine already. So he'd had some knowledge of this this fabled sunshine girl. He's like, oh, you're the sunshine girl. And then they, they build their relationship uh, from there. So what's interesting, and I was like, you know, when stories are put together, like how kind of how the things mix with like the themes. And, you know, we always talk about themes later on. But like Hina almost becomes the the sun in his life and like mm-hmm. literally figuratively where the weather kind of matches the mood of their their relationship so when you know he's first introduced like and she shows power like what she does like you know the the, the sun in in his his rainy uh rainy life and that kind of helps and when we mix that with like the visuals like we mentioned like the incredible visuals are on show here and how that's represented. So what's interesting about the, the story as a whole, and we mentioned the climate change angle, at least the, the disaster angle, and this isn't something where it's about, they're not trying to stop it. Well, I guess they are, but it's more about something that's already happening. So like the the world of, you know, the story world has just accepted it, it mm. rains. Like they're just, just, that's it when we, we live our, our lives. Mm-hmm. And there's different ways as that represented visually. Obviously, the rain being one, but even um, I noted down like you see like sort of buildings uh, overgrown with vines and sort of things that are have been abandoned by humans where you can't do certain things anymore because of because of the rain. So it's just interesting to see how visually that's being represented here. Uh, I don't know if there was anything like visually that stood out to. Uh, I mean, there's lots <laughs> that stood out visually. I, I imagine, <laughs> but. If there's anything in, in particular that's that visually about the way this film was put together. Oh, especially the sky, the, the mm. depiction of sky is just incredibly, the, the, the huge range of the sky we can see that uh, really sync with the mood of the whole film. And also, the I think the computer graphic, yeah. when was protagonist uh, uh, stood in front of the rooftop shrine gate, it's a 360 degrees that camera towns that's amazing yeah, well. yeah. and also the chasing thing uh by the police i think detectives uh it's uh, you you feel like uh on the land of the the really small straight narrow straight on the shinjuku kabukicho <laughs> just running through and then you can see the camera is really on the 
like on your side and then going shaky and then going through the small street that is just amazing to see visually amazing animation they have yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's true and then also i think it's already mentioned uh, before that uh, in, the, in our conversation that everything looks that almost same as a reality i mean you know i'm i'm, I'm not living in the my family uh, my family town is not tokyo but i do go to Tokyo very often, and I go. I went to school in Tokyo, and then blah blah blah. So I can recognize almost everywhere in that film, and then especially the the Hina's hideaway, like Hina's little flat. Yeah, it's a not like main part of to, you know a central part of Tokyo, but I know that area, and then it was like. It visually kind of stunning and also it's after the disaster that steep road to toward uh hina's house it looks slightly it's it's the same place but it looks different because of after the uh, the disaster that all the raining and everything and as you mentioned it's like a lot of trance and then veins and then everything you know that was actually it looks, I don't know how to say that. It really looks sad, but beautiful and slightly nostalgic. And so that, that kind of little detail makes me really kind of goes, wow, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of attention yeah. to detail. Does, does it help that, because this is quite a, like a fanciful sort of fairy tale type of story, but it takes place in a, like you just described, like a very real, like you yeah. can recognize this Tokyo. Does that, does that help film? Does that put you off in any way? It sometimes helps and sometimes, to be honest, because it's too realistic. <laughs> you know, I, I can actually uh, take you. Because you can you. see it. Like you can, yeah, I can take yeah, you to... Like take a left this here. Is here and then, this is, yeah, yeah, you can, you can <laughs> make the tour of the things. Sometimes it works really well. It's kind of, you know, I can be as if I can, you know, I can feel as if I'm there. But sometimes, for example, that little detail about like, like uh, gun things, which is kind of odd it makes odd because it's the all of the environment looks so real but gambit is with that kind of boy in tokyo should he does he shoot you know that so that makes a little conflict to fantasy and reality sometimes but it sometimes it really works well so it's difficult to say it's it's in both ways i think that like there is a visual thing that i want to point out but it's interesting you sort of say that because when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is so like so um, embedded in the real world to the point where <laughs> sometimes you question like the fantasy that's happening. Is it real in this in this story? Is it even real in the story, or is it like I, I, there was points where I was like, at some point the story's just going to change. It's going to be like this was all in his head. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like I kept waiting for that moment because so much of it is grounded in this reality. And it does feel, it, it has this weird sense of reality for something so fantasy. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's weirdly grounded. Like there's logic to it. And then there isn't. <laughs> there suddenly isn't. So you're like, is this all just a dream? Like, is this, is this just metaphoric like 
you're gonna mm. you're gonna find out that she wasn't disappearing she was actually I don't know ill and then we see that like is this just how he's coping with the situation right but then it's not it's like no yeah that was all real it's, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, yeah especially when she disappears and he gets into the police car and I was like okay this is the point it's all been an, it's all been coincidence up until here he's either made her up or like I, like I just kept waiting for that veil to fall and it didn't which kind of made it beautiful but in terms of visual things that really stood out to me it was the the fish the oh. whole the whole fish the water thing. fish the water fish and like the water whale <laughs> <laughs> um and like because there's the storm when he's on the on the boat and that's like a big giant water fish and that and then just drops on him and then a very similar thing happens a few times in it i think you get that pause and then yeah, just everything just drops little, uh, teenagers yeah so i thought that was interesting like the way that the weather i guess the rain was represented by this these fish and then there's even the point where they talk about the whole other ecosystem existing in the sky <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did actually yeah, signpost that for what was to come later as well. Mm. And yeah, so just visually, just so much to to pick out. And similar to your name, again, there's certain styles. Because it's, it's 2D, but that we mentioned that that 360-degree panning shot, then that takes you kind of into 3D. I don't know how they did. I must have taken take a lot of work to mm. put this together. And in, in terms of like, so back to the, the narrative as well, like similar to... Uh, your name, but then also, I guess, with Studio uh, Ghibli, but then Pixar as well, I know, does this, where they'll have a film that doesn't necessarily have a, a main villain, like a main villain character, but does have the forces of antagonism, so the what's in the way of the, the character. And you see that in this film, like I mentioned, we, you know, we go, I think it's, I might have to double check the time, but I think it's like 40 minutes where until a specific conflict is is stated, but you see different like mini conflicts so you see uh hodaka and and hina they're both struggling to just stay afloat like metaphorically and literally in this whole just living just in tokyo this rat race situation in the city so they're trying to make a living we see uh suga and his niece trying to make a living and then that's like a, a conflict to what they want mm. we obviously like from the moment the, the gun is fired, we see like the police searching for Hodaka. Also, because he's a runaway, we see, and that's kind of like a overarching force in the background. And then even with Suga and as his character develops, we see he's got his own family problems. He wants something. He wants yeah. to be with his daughter, but because of the weather, his uh, she can't. He can't be with her. And then obviously, we get to the main conflict of Ina losing her body because of. Uh, using her like continuously using her powers and how mm. that becomes such a big conflict because by that point she well I guess Hodaka and and her developed this relationship and now that's at risk because of that so that early part of the film I guess that first half is like setting all that up so that when we go and then it's the screws start turning then you kind of feel it more I just thought of something <laughs> <laughs> as you're describing how the the sort of like antagonist forces drop it's a bit like how the the big fish skyfish waterfish like the storm how the storm starts 
So it's like oh, it builds suddenly up. <laughs> yeah. it builds up, and then suddenly everything kind of happens at once, right? It's like all this conflict happens at once. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I'll go with that. It's like that. You yeah. do get a pause, and then everything yeah. just like drops on them. Yeah, <laughs> and then like another thing that I just thought of as you was talking as well with the uh the gun thing which was really weird is that like the consequences mm. of him firing the gun were really mm. low and i remember just thinking his family must have money <laughs> 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 like in my head the storyline is this this kid has run away from home but his ho- he's wealthy it's a wealthy home <laughs> i actually agree with her yeah but- okay i never thought of that i never i never considered that but yeah i i guess Especially the way the detective, all the points we see the detective, I don't know, it very much makes me think of like a wealth, how a wealthy child would be treated. (laughs) Because it's less about, you know, the fact that someone's fired a gun and it's more about we need to get you back home. Yeah, because, you know, I say one thing I I thought when he was at the end, when he's putting a gun, like... Yeah, if you were different, this could that scene could have gone differently. Yeah, they, you got mm. a lot of license to, to wave that gun about in exactly. front of police. And like the only thing I can think of is like <laughs> he's he's got money because <laughs> he's straight up pointing the gun at a police officer. Oh yeah, in in very real terms, I I live in a place where a whole riot was started because <laughs> uh, because someone did not get that as much time um, as yeah. he as he got waving a weapon in front and, of police. So. But yeah, it's just I don't know. There's something about the way the detective conducted himself around no. the investigation of him. Yeah, I get but, that. Yeah, it's in the sort of way that you know. I would expect a detective to conduct themselves because a missing kid, like, I don't know mm. how common that is in Japan, but it's quite common here. And um, if it's a runaway, there's no, you put them in a home before, like you call social service services before you try and get mm. them back home. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it that just screams he's got money <laughs> even like, yeah, yeah. It, like and just the consequences like yeah it was just everything even like it was mm. it was seen as a kidnapping oh yeah because uh suga was yeah he said mentioned he'd been interrogated and he'd been suspected of of kidnapping mm. uh, yeah. yeah i don't know uh, yeah when you put it like that, that just... yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to rewatch it and like mm. pick out some points uh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, those those police officers were like the closest thing to an antagonist, like an out-and-out antagonist. Is but in yeah, it, it's it's cool to see like this kind of story where your the forces of antagonism come from a different place than you know this is the character, and I'm trying to uh, stop you again. Not that there's anything wrong with that, or that there are bad ways to do that, but uh, generally speaking, it's just like seeing a different way to to tell a story. And I know like with Pixar. They have a lot of influences mm. uh, from uh, Miyazaki's work, uh, so I know that concept of having films where there's no out-and-out antagonists. I mean, we just recently spoke about Up uh, on the podcast, and that's an example. Of, there's no antagonists; it's, it's all internal with the the main uh, character, and and yeah. So, so yeah, interesting to see that being done here as well. We've we've touched on a lot of the characters. I always like to like go a bit more into the characters because what we find typically is like here we get a cast of characters that that bring forward the theme or the themes so 
when I was putting the notes together, just like occurred to me that you have a number of characters that show almost like the importance of the found family and the lengths people go to to protect them or or because of them. So, you know, I mentioned Suga and what he's trying to do to see his daughter who's being kept away because she has asthma and because it's raining, that makes that situation worse. You have uh, Hina who's lost her mm-hmm. mother and taking care of her brother as well, lying about her age so she can avoid being picked up by social services. Obviously, the main character, uh, Hodako, who has left home because of his his family and finds a new one in Hinan uh, and that. So, yeah, it's all around family in that sense. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the characters that we we have, were there, were there any that resonated with people? It's always interesting to ask, like, how uh, did you see yourself in any character or did any character stand out to you i don't know like uh inko chia if you if you found that yeah yeah i, I really love suga that's um, probably my age as well but i found the suga is more most in- interesting and also i can project myself on and it's such a complex, a complex character as well that she's just <laughs> sometimes cheeky he's got you know just uh make the really young kid to <laughs> treat himself because he saved his life but, but, yeah. but at the same time, uh, he's such a like you know desperate being father and want to see his daughter, and uh, and try to quit smoking. Just want to see his daughter, and probably he's really still in love with his partner who probably deceased earlier on, and he always touches his wedding rings and then he sometimes cries, really showing emotion without realizing it. It just really touches my heart as well. That's he his motivation his feelings is really somehow i found it real to me rather than any other characters so that's a suga really stands out for me particularly yeah yeah how about you chie yeah i i, I totally agree with what inko said about suga i've heard that makoto shinkai couldn't decide what kind of character he is at, until the end. I mean, I, very, so I, I've heard that he changed what kind of person Suga is again and again and again before deciding the script. So that makes him, him Suga made like quite complicated and then relatable. And then other, I think other character is quite slightly kind of more straightforward in a way so and but also i kind of can relate to actually hina and because can you control the weather is that what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) i hope i can no i'm i'm a big sister and then i'm i'm kind of person who kind of trying to do everything by myself and then I also kind of, you know, you know, uh, I was like, I think I kind of see she trying, you know, Hina trying to be brave, not brave, but brave and bright and be, but, you know, he's kind, she knows what she needs to do and she thinks she has to do it on her own or, you mm. know, she is trapped herself by herself, you know, so that kind of thing. So that's why. Yeah, those two characters I kind of really love in that film, yeah. Yeah, because she puts on a brave face almost, and like I said, she lies about her age and yeah, yeah, yeah. to take care of her brother and 
Yeah, and try to be being like sister.、Yeah. I'm a big sister, so I can do it kind of. Oh, is this the reason? Is it the, the age, the faking age, is the reason she fired from the McDonald's? I think is that the real、so. reason. Oh. No, no, it didn't, it didn't say, but. And also, I she mentioned、so. to Natsumi that she wants to grow up、mm. faster, she wants to be an adult、uh, as quick as possible. Yeah, she says you can't wait to be an adult. Yeah.、Mm. Yeah, I feel kids always say that and until they, yeah, <laughs> until they get there. And, <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> she had a better reason than most kids do. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. She could like, look after her brother and that they didn't have to be separate.、Mm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Quite a noble thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas most、fair、kids、point. are just like, I want to grow up so, <laughs> so that I don't know, I can eat sweets <laughs> all day. <laughs> What about you, Tazzy?、Um, I think a combination of、um, Hodaka and Hina. So, I completely relate to the like that, like,、mm. need for freedom,、mm. yeah, because that's this whole thing about leaving. Because he says, like, I, you know, I feel stifled, I don't know if he says stifled specifically, but I just he didn't feel free, yeah. At home. So, I, I really strongly relate to that, like, just need to get away from something that feels very restrictive and just want in. And like, because I feel like a lot of his thing is about him getting the opportunity to make his own choices. Because, like, there's the line at the end where he's like, no, no, this is my choice and I choose to live in this world. Something along those lines. And yeah, I feel like I just strongly, strongly relate to that and strongly relate to like just not knowing where I want to be, but knowing that it's not the place that I can't make my own choices.、Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Hina. Just because of her, like, her embodiment of hope. And, like, she's without even bringing the sunshine, yeah, she yeah. is quite literally the sunshine. <laughs> like, even, even like, without her, quite like, she's still, she's still hopeful and she's, she does a lot as well. Like, that sort of like ambition that she's got and that drive. I feel like I relate to that.、Mm. Yeah, she, and she does like because they have like a side, well, it's not a side business, it's their business. And then she like finds what she really wants to do. And that's, I guess,、yeah. that's something in, in similarities as well. Yeah. And then I think together, like they're both just like a bit lost, but they, they know, they might not know exactly what it is that they want, but they, they are like shaping it as, like with what they do know, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, it's almost like they're making up as they go along in a sense,、um, but like that、yeah. making up is, is, shaping,、uh, is shaping it and they're making their own decisions. I guess ultimately that's what it kind of comes down to at the end. So, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, so that might do. I feel like a, a special mention for、uh, Nagi, who's Hina's brother. Oh my God. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. The, that scene on the bus, and then we're like, No,、oh、his、God. escape plan as well. Oh my God. <laughs> that is a special, special kid. Like, to the point where, like, Hodaka calls him、uh, sensei, does he? Senpai. <laughs> senpai. Senpai. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because we always like, love how characters are introduced and what it says about their character. Because we meet him when he's on the bus, like,、uh, when Hodaka's on a bus and he's got. What is he saying something to one girl and she gets off the bus and the next girl <laughs> comes on? It's like, man, I, I think I need to start calling him senpai. 
uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just the, it's not even that, like the, just to outline the levels that this kid is on. And I'm not, I don't, not condoning this, but I'm just saying there's like, there's levels where not only he's got like, I don't know, multiple girls coming through, but they know each other. And that, <laughs> that is that again, it's... not not condoning it, but just just acknowledging like they he's got these two girls and they're meeting each other and it's cool. Don't know what powers <laughs> this kid has. I don't I don't have them. I feel like there's two things that I want to note here. It's a like I feel like that represents the the sort of like ways that both siblings are forced to grow up and certain things that they they're forced to fill certain voids in their life and that that will shape a kid not having not having parents mm. and it will force like that kind of that is a form of trauma and that kind of trauma will affect how they behave and what kind of per- like, how their personality yeah, grows yeah. when it happens at such a young age and um he obviously like cares strongly for his sister and then the second comment I want to make, a lot less serious, was that like his levels <laughs> are just highlighted when he's been taken by social services and he's in the room and the, the police officer's watching him. And then he's and then she's like, Wow, he sure has had a lot of visitors today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then there's the two girls, and they're like, How old are these kids? Like Five, yeah. one girl is his ex girlfriend. Yeah, yeah no, that's and, she's right. like, and they're sat, they're like, sat right how? next to each other. Yeah, like, yeah. there's celebrities right now that can't get away with that. <laughs> she's like, how? What was it? She's like, oh, it was, yeah. it was yeah. bold of you to invite your ex girlfriend. <laughs> the whole like here's a here, take the wig i oh still get get changed oh my god it was oh it was something else i could watch like a mini series oh yeah that would be lovely that like, would be great his little escapades yeah. <laughs> i want to know what dates he's taking these yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. what he's saying how he's saying it and he's uh... <laughs> Only, only a kid without parents that's living with their older sister that's not that much older, like that's not like an adult, could get mm. away with mm. having the time and being able yeah. to do that. I just <laughs> put yeah. that out, out there. And special shout out also to uh, Rain or uh, the cat. I watched it in English, so Rain. Yeah, the, the cat. cat. Yeah, and the fact that uh, <laughs> um, Suga like has a go at the fact that this cat's been brought in and then the cat is still with him when he's got his new horse and and the cat's big so you know he's giving giving the cat treats yeah (laughs) and then it's kind of like turned in they've kind of turned into each other (laughs) (laughs) i did like i did like suga because i I like suga for um because he's kind of he's the character where you because he comes off a certain way like when you first meet him in, in the earlier part of the film and then he's discovered there's more to him. And I like those characters where you, you think you know them, but actually there's, uh, yeah. there's, there's stuff going on. And, he's so uh, layered. I really enjoy that's the that word character. Yeah. And a special shout out to, uh, I think it's Detective uh, Takai, the one with the hair. That mm-hmm. is, <laughs> that is serious. No fear, yeah. That was like, and no one mentioned it. No one said a word in that film. Yeah, no one. Because no one else yeah. had hair like that. Like I didn't see that anywhere else in that film except that guy. 
He looked like, like a straight out of JoJo's design um, yeah. picture. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, so as well as characters, you know, can't end without talking about the themes. Uh, and even though climate change is maybe not one of the themes, there are many in here. And I think one of the, I guess, like for me, something that stood out and felt very relevant, like today in particular last uh, few years, is this idea of individual sacrifice versus mm. for the benefit of many because what you what you ultimately have is a situation where and i think it's sugo who says it he's like oh i would easily sacrifice one person for for the benefit of many but what ultimately happens is the opposite is that the the two uh hina uh odaka says no actually <laughs> we're good together we're going to keep this and and down down the rest mm. and i guess we've we've seen that in a certain way for or better for worse over this pandemic where i've had many conversations yeah, with yeah. like friends i think even inco we had this conversation of just mm-hmm. seeing a lot of people where they just say like damn everyone else <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just about me it's about me i'm not gonna do what i don't want to do i'm just gonna mm-hmm. go about my business and mm-hmm. i'm not interested in the many which is sad in in certain ways but yeah that that theme felt particularly relevant it's an interesting question posed in this film mm-hmm. and it was also one that was just felt very mm-hmm. yeah True. yeah relevant yeah. Yeah, and then we had I mentioned the family, so like the impact of family because we see characters who are going to great lengths and find in some cases a lot of inner strength because of family, uh, mostly to support them. Maybe in the case of the main character to get away from them for whatever reason. So mm. kind of got that concept of family. Quite, uh, and then I was going to say it's quite interesting as well because we we see the main character is the only person who we don't see their family that like anyone that's actually related to them but yeah else we actually we see see their, their relatives which is and very little mention of like any specific family members mm. it's just he's getting away from his family does it do they at any point specify no. a family member so. i don't i feel like they maybe say like... his dad is no, this is, no like I think a I made it up. Missing persons report, but I don't know yeah. if they mentioned specifically who filed it. But yeah, I don't think they ever mention like a specific family member. I've read somewhere that the Shinkai wants to the Hodaka, Hodaka's action driven by not his trauma or his background, but just purely with, by his passion and mm. love that's why he, you know we talked about he had like some scars on his face at first it's kind of kind of automatically imagine that he might be hit by family member at home probably in japanese tradition his very strict father or something but he didn't mention anything at all i found it it's slightly bizarre you know i'm not saying it's bad but it's, it's kind of strange but i've read that shinkai said he didn't want to, he hasn't he deliberately not to mention mm-hmm. anything about hodaka's mm-hmm. background right mm-hmm. that felt deliberate yeah so yeah you've got that aspect to it and then you know we mentioned the, the climate change or uh just climate disaster uh nature of the film but yeah it's a film that seems to say that this is not a problem that the next generation <laughs> should have to tackle and that can kind of live in the moment. In a sense, the problem was fixed when, <laughs> when Hina disappeared. That's, that's problem solved. That is, the weather's you know, back to normal, we're all good. But then 
decide actually no we're gonna get her back and if tokyo has the sink because mm. of it that's fine <laughs> we'll, at least we're together i think um because there's one comment that was made by the when they find out that the sunshine girl was a sacrifice oh the old man and the old in, man the show, yeah. The, uh, yeah 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 oh, that, cool that it's like this isn't a human thing this is nature <laughs> mm. and it and the rain is not it's not because of humans like it's nothing to do with you this is it has rained like this before like how i think you yeah, get really yeah. mad. It's like, how far back do those records go like so um yeah so i feel like the decision or like a question at least that's there is was their decision like that they were fixing things or was it just to not or was it just to let things run on their natural course and not interfere yeah sacrifice is an interference of the natural course Mm-mm, that's true i think sooner or later that's gonna happen and then you nobody can change it you know or, or you just sacrifice someone again and again and again slowly <laughs> maybe Tokyo is sinking in the future. So I think it's a kind of, you know, if Hina's sacrifice, if she sacrifices herself or not, actually it's not really, it doesn't change anything, the course of the nature, in, to be honest. So, yeah, that, I kind of, yeah, that's what I thought. So if so, just accept it. Don't get every burden on your shoulder we all get through with it together kind of you know i take it like yeah like why should it be up to a 15 year old girl it's not fair in the, in the beginning so yeah it's not fair <laughs> on her it's not fair on her brother it's not fair on hodaka and i guess it yeah it might not even changing it, I, I get to, not to get too dark, but at some point Tokyo will will sink. <laughs> like same as like you know, because it's a it's a coastal city and place. Like you know, the other ones that are in trouble, yeah. like Florida is in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Maybe not in our lifetime, but in some space. So I guess there is that. The world forever shifting and changing. Which is, yeah, which, I think that there was a line like that in this film. Ah, oh, that's a that's yeah, that's an interesting uh the perspective kind of angle is like you know the grand 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 scheme of things. Yeah, like mm-hmm. things have been much worse and things have been much better. But then there's like the uh, how do we want to live? And yeah, there's a whole yeah, you could have a whole. I can see why people will make the the climate yeah change rate, but and I guess I'm trying to read the room. Like, do you think they made the correct decision? That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting. I don't think there is such thing as a correct decision. It's just the choices that we make. Okay. I, well, I guess a better is it is it worth the price they pay? Because the price they paid is constant rain and <laughs> sinking Tokyo. I mean, there's worse that could happen. Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> you literally see everything's adapted to the fact that it is underwater. Like instead of trains going past, there's these boats that look like trains. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else can adapt, but to lose a life, like. It kind of makes her individual life and the lives of the people around her, it makes them not mean anything. By doing that, it's like, well, does anyone's life mean anything? Who who determines the value of a life? Like you get into all very philosophical questions, yeah, no, right? 
And yeah, I don't think there's such thing as a wrong or right decision. And well, the answer to who determines the value of life is insurance companies. But (laughs) (laughs) the thing about I think I think the right choice was made because it was theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made it, and it was only theirs to make. So yeah i guess so yeah the choice yeah. wasn't I, given to anyone else it was given to them so no one else has the right to weigh it all right. i'm gonna i'm gonna put a tick in correct answer <laughs> <laughs> and did you or everyone did you feel was it a happy ending because it, it felt quite i don't for me it felt quite bittersweet because it was yeah. i mean like i said at the beginning it's, it's love so you know yay and and everything but then you there's a price and that was like quite a, a heavy price. I'm like, Ooh, did they, I was like, did they make the right choice? I don't know. Um, they're happy, but what about everyone else? I, I don't know how everyone else took the ending. I think happier. I think it's quite happy ending because I took that part we are talking about more metaphorically. So I thought it's quite happy because Hina was released from the, it's not my duty, yeah. From the tra- trap. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, you know, yeah, big, big duty, which is, you know, I mean, metaphorically, doesn't have in, in, uh, maybe nothing to do to help, you know, save the Tokyo or anything. Just uh, she is, uh, I, I kind of, I like that what, what Hodaka said at, to Hina that pray for yourself, you know, that's nobody told her to do that and then that that's a kind of metaphorically she was released and she thought she can live without even if you know she doesn't have any meaningful things to do she can live she have a right to live so that's i find it it's kind of happy ending especially for hinacha yeah. Yeah. It's like she meant someone. She meant something to someone, and that is what. Yeah. Man. She has the right to live, even though she's not helping anybody. You know. <laughs> I think it was a happy ending. All right. Um. Before we wrap the conversation, were there any favorite moments that we haven't touched on, or uh, favorite scenes from the story? Oh, not favorite, but like. Yeah. Or stand out, when they're in the like quite fancy hotel, and the brother. Oh my god, why is his name gone out of my head? Oh Nagi. Nagi, yeah, it's like he's just so wild. He's like, have you seen how big the bath is? He's <laughs> 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 like, we should all have a bath together. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's like. We should have a boys' bath. But, yeah. <laughs> and then while Hina's in the bath, he's like, "We're gonna have a feast," because like um, Hodaka said, like, "Yeah, we can have we can have everything." And they just, I don't know, it's just this beautiful moment yeah, of yeah. them after they've been out in the rain for so long and mm, very happy been moment. chased by the police and like, I was just like, like that release and that as well because they've all just been living for so long in not like having to really like work hard to to have shelter and have food and everything and and then this is just like they can just no one has to cook (laughs) no one has to clean no one has to look after anyone they can just look after themselves just focus on being in that moment uh inko chie do you have any particular standout moments from the film 
Suga project himself on Hodaka when Hodaka says, Why does no one, anyone, let me go to see? I just want to see her once more. Then that brings uh, Suga's memory back, I think. Got really completely synchronized with him, and he suddenly he started letting Hodaka go. And uh, that particular moment that is really like I think with Suga's feeling, it's just probably he wanted to see his deceased partner once more, and then completely synchronized with him. That is a particular moment, really, really moved and touched. I even tears in my eyes as well because he said, like, or someone said that he sees himself in Hodaka. Yeah. Possibly, but I think someone said it on a, uh, well, yeah. a comment on a, the uh, website. I think that uh, someone think that maybe that's a Hodaka, uh, sorry, Suga's sister partner, maybe she was Sunshine Girl as well, or maybe disappeared by using up her power to, uh, mm, you know, yeah. to let oh, the uh, daughter with asthma to mm. cope with the weather, and then if that is a real story behind yeah. Suga, he 100% synchronized with him, then yeah, with Holika, definitely, yeah. Watch here. Oh, oh it's every, every important story was important moment were all mentioned. But so I just kind of think about there's maybe not di- directly related to the story, right? But I really enjoyed seeing when. The Hodaka Hina and Nagi visited the gran- grandma of the your name character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there were cameos from your name in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so her her husband, so your name character's grandpa's first year anniversary from his, you know, passed away day, passed uh, away year or so. She wanted to, that day is, you know, a fine day, so she can kind of have a cer- little ceremony. That thing kind of gave me some nostalgic, and then, you know, it's kind of a little happy moment with those young people, Hodaka, Hina, and Nagi, and then that was, you know, not maybe directory, but I just found that scene quite beautiful. And then I also, the lady that, uh, told Hodaka, Hodaka later that, you know, she has a very kind of, we have kind of message like we have just think about the Tokyo is going back to the time when the Tokyo was still under the sea long, long time ago. And then, you know, that that is kind of, you know, how, I love how she, how she, she's the life, you know, sometimes we have to just get along with the things, you know, that, that that my thought. I mean, yeah, there's so so much in there. There's like it was a really tiny moment, but when um, uh, Hodaka was started working at the magazine for Suga, and um, Suga would keep bringing up like, "Is this all you've done?" Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that was. Um, but I kind of it was funny, but I also took it as like a um, like he was kind of pushing him to do more. Like uh, <laughs> so, I kind of saw it as like oh, he's gonna sort of get better and better. He's gonna he's keep gonna he's going to have to be asked that question. But it's, yeah, just funny to see him like, is this all you've written? Yeah, but he's also, he's funny and then he's a bit uh, harsh, but he's also really encouraging Hodaka to do something. That was actually 
kind of really nice of Uga, isn't he? Yeah, and I'd also maybe me projecting as well because I've because <laughs> over the past couple uh, years we've had um, we had interns and uh, kind of you have to remember like because oh. when it's someone who who's not done the thing before in your mind I'm like wait is this it is this... <laughs> I, I would have done more but is you have to remember it's like there are people who's their, their first time doing this thing so I kind of yeah maybe it's a bit me uh, projecting oh. in there as well but I thought it was funny it was funny but you did see him like progress like and get that's better. what i'm saying you see him yeah, like so, getting yeah. faster and faster and getting more yeah, into sometimes it. you gotta push people gotta, yeah, like, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> it, maybe his technique because his approach was a bit uh yeah. <laughs> questionable but it gets results <laughs> yeah that is our deep dive into weathering review so you can give us your feedback what did you think about the the messages particularly if you saw something around climate change but also the other themes in there was there a particular character that uh, stood out let us know you can get in touch feedback at myamada.com before we end the episode always have to make sure that we go into the storytelling tip for this episode each time we do a deep dive on the podcast i like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their stories so this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others for this week i wanted to talk about your protagonists false beliefs and actions this is something i've kind of spoken about uh way back in episode 27 where we did a deep dive into wonder woman and talked about the lie your character believes um but i'm going to take a slightly different angle and approach uh, from this as it relates to this character and talk around like flaws and inner conflicts which are really interesting for a protagonist to have and while watching Weathering with you, I was struck while just how agitated Hodakar gets once Hina has disappeared and why he, he takes that path, which comes down in part to some, some false beliefs. So false beliefs being things that the characters believe that we as a story creator know aren't true. But the character's uh, wound, so something that might have happened to them in the past, makes them believe it and makes them act accordingly and also makes them think they are acting logically. Uh, so the the website Writers Helping Writers describes it quite well as an emotional wound being the negative event from a character's past that causes uh, deep hurt enough to change who he or she is, wherever the wound. The result is an all-consuming fear that if the character does not protect himself, the situation and resulting emotional pain will happen again. Um, now, we've already uh, we mentioned in terms of that this specific story about the creator wanting the character to act in the moment of love and passion. Uh, but I still feel this is a worthwhile point where you have, when you're creating, because when you're creating characters, it does become a psychological examination at times and understanding what your character believes and why is a good step in developing a story that will hopefully resonate with your audience. So in general, over the course of the story, you'll see your protagonist with that lie they believe kind of move two steps forward and one step back in their journey towards overcoming that false belief and fear. So it's that one step back that brings out the character's false belief. And in the middle of the story, we might see the character waver. So they go back and forth until they get to a crisis point where they may fully retreat into their previous identity. For example, I mentioned Up already. And when we did, had that discussion, we talked about how Carl, the main character in that film, uh, rejects this chance to save the precious bird, uh, Kevin, 
when he goes to save his marital home instead. And in the climax of the story, which we see an event that would normally trigger a character's false belief, and it doesn't. And this is where we see the character reject their former belief. And at this point, we know the character has learned and is no longer the person that they used to be. Uh, another example from Pixar is in Inside Out, where we see joy and sadness mistakenly transported into the outer regions of Riley's brain. So this entire story is about those two characters having to find their way back before it's too late. And Riley what, runs away from home uh, and loses even more of her long-term memories. So this is a scenario that comes about because of the lie the protagonist believes. And in this case, it's Joy's belief that she and Riley do not need sadness. So it's the reason for Joy and sadness like tussling at the beginning and causes them to be sucked out of headquarters uh, into the uh, outer regions. But over the course of the story, we see Joy do her one step back, two steps, uh, one step forward, two steps back thing as she clings to her belief that you can just happy every problem away. So she wavers until the crisis point in their case when they meet the character Bing Bong uh, and Joy fully retreats into her identity of, of happy, happy, happy. It doesn't work. And then when sadness shows her worth in that moment, Joy eventually remembers how important a role that emotion plays uh, in some of the best moments of Riley's life. And from there, she becomes a different character, having learned the lessons of the film and rejects her previous identity. Uh, so back to weathering with you. We see Hodaka is desperate to get Hina back. So obviously a lot of that is because of the relationship that they've formed uh, by this point in the story. But also Hodaka has left home for Tokyo and quickly becomes attached and attracted to Hina. But there's more to it. So by encouraging the Sunshine Girl business that led to Hina using more and more of her powers, Hodaka has the belief that he is responsible for Hina losing her her body and her disappearance uh, and that's the key the character in this case Hodokar believes that her disappearance is his fault and there's something very human about when we internalize bad things that happen even if it wasn't our fault so there's that added emotional weight to the sequence because not only is Hodokar trying to find his way to the girl he's fallen for but he's also trying to write what he believes are circumstances of his own doing. So this is how you can, or these are some of the things you can think about when using that kind of emotion, um, that kind of lie that your character believes to make your story better, basically. Um, so number one is understand human needs. So you might need a psychology book for this one because getting to the heart of good characters means getting to the heart of human needs. So whether it's a belief that I'm not good enough or no one else is good enough or it's all my fault or something else, the more you understand about what makes people tick, the better you can develop the characters uh, that you relate to in your story. Number two is develop your character's past wound. So understanding what emotional wound might have impacted your character in the past is key for understanding the motivations and actions in the present of your story. Uh, so you don't always have to show it, but it needs to be there for it to be effective. And number three, is establish the character arc according to the theme. So those two are related, and the better they are related, the more satisfying the story is for the audience. So wherever it may be, ensure that what your character learns from their journey relates to the theme of your narrative. And in Weathering Review, we have that central question of, is the relationship of those two characters, the found family, worth more than the wider society? So that whole thing plays out in the romance between Hodaka and Hina. And that's the tip for this episode. 
if you are creating your own story, let us know what you think about this week's storytelling tip uh, in our Discord or send us an email to feedback at myamada.com. Uh, so before we wrap, Tazzy, let's check in with our guests. So we would love to hear a bit more uh, about what both of our guests have been up to recently um, and if there's any latest news or interesting projects that you would each like to highlight. So if Inko, you want to go first? Okay. Uh, to emphasize that the one, one of my books is uh, just published this year, uh, Tale of Genji which is a, a comicized version of the world's oldest novel, which is written by uh, Murasaki Shikibu, Lady Murasaki. She, she's a, a Japanese lady writer, and then she's like world's first novelist. And then that is really quite heavily about the love. So if you want to have a look of like, you know, the highest position persons having lots of different love affairs with different re- ladies. And then there's so many beautiful uh, poems in there. And then there's lots of, yeah, nice manga art in there. So if you're interested, uh, have a look. And then that will be available. And then also, um, interesting project I'm working on. I can't really say which company I'm working with, but uh, there are two different game uh, projects I'm doing. And one should be launched next year sometimes. The one launching, I think that's the later of the next year as well. Uh, but one is character drawings on the game screen, and then the other one is a comicization of the game. So it's really lots of gaming work is coming in. And then, so yeah, um, I'm very excited. One book I would like to. Uh, tell you about is it's uh, it's out last year but it's a kind of part novel part manga book called Tsunami Girl which is actually targeting for young but it's kind of this book is nominated for book prizes so and then I it's really beautifully done and then the create the lighter name of book and then I I'm uh, responsible for the manga part, and then I'm I'm actually working with him again at the moment, and then the new book will be out next year. So I am set. Uh, Julian is hard working on that project, and also I will be in Cheltenham Literature Festival this weekend, and then. I think I will be in Spain, Madrid, and Barcelona later October. I'm attending the manga convention, I think, because we haven't talked about which flight we take. So I'm just saying I I may be there. Yeah, thank you both for sharing those. And we'll make sure we add to... The show, mo- show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and uh, discussing uh, weathering with you, with Mark. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this. Yeah. No, I always appreciate you guys uh, coming on and giving us your insight, especially when we talk about anime <laughs> and you uh, actually come from Japan. That's always a, <laughs> a authentic insight. So, yeah, anytime. <laughs> and uh, for everyone listening, if you have enjoyed this episode of Story X Story, 
please make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, and consider giving us a five-star rating and review because that helps us reach new listeners and fans of the story discussion. Sharing links also works, sharing direct links with people. And don't forget to check out our own stories on the My Matter website. So we've got a number of titles available, including our latest release, Serious Through the Fog. And you can join the Studio 77 Discord and check out the Studio 77 membership for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the Maya Matter universe. And we mentioned it at the top when we listed our convention appearances and everything like that, but we have our Do I Look Like a Gamer representation campaign, which has one more event coming up. So this is a campaign that we launched to, so that future generations of talent will know that there's a place for them in video games. So we want to empower them to be an active part of shaping the future of the video games industry. So we have got plans for this year. Uh, we're thinking about plans for next year. So please do check out the campaign, uh, including the 40 players and makers that we launched with. You can see that photo uh, campaign on the website, looklikeagamer.com, where you can also get tickets to the next event. And we release new episodes on Thursdays that include creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. Uh, you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay safe. And remember, don't hate the 10-year-old player, hate the game or something like that. And uh, take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.